Today's episode of the Cloudcast is sponsored by Datadog, the monitoring platform for cloud scale infrastructure and applications. Datadog provides dashboarding, alerting, application performance monitoring, and log management in one tightly integrated platform so you can get end-to-end visibility quickly. And it integrates seamlessly with AWS so you can start monitoring EC2, RDS, ECS, and all your other AWS services in minutes. Visualize key metrics, set alerts to identify anomalies, and collaborate with your team to troubleshoot and fix issues fast. Sign up for a free trial today and Datadog will send you a free t-shirt. Visit datadoghq.com slash cloudcast to get started. That's datadoghq.com slash cloudcast. Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delb and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Crazy weather here in Raleigh today. We are getting all kinds of thunderstorms and rain and lightning and sort of monsoon weather. So apologize if you get any uh, crackling in the background on this or if you hear any lightning or something. We are doing the best we can. Hopefully the power stays up for this podcast. Very, very excited today to talk about some cloud news of the week. You know, we've had sort of a slow couple of weeks, a few things here and there, and uh, things picked up a little bit this week. So let's get right to it. First thing on the list was VMware acquired a company called Bitfusion, which really focuses on uh, virtualized uh, uh, GPUs, excuse me, GPUs, um, really trying to, you know, go after uh, looking at GPUs now being a really big, uh, important type of workload for, uh, you know, obviously started off as gaming, uh, becoming more AI, ML, some of the advanced modeling that goes on there, high-performance computing and so forth. So Bitfusion is going to, uh, in VMware's world, sort of do the same type of virtualization that VMware's hypervisor originally did for CPUs, uh, x86-type CPUs, uh, for the GPU world. So VMware uh, continuing to make acquisitions this year after things like Heptio and Bitnami and some others. Uh, they just acquired Bitfusion. So if you're a company with Bit in your name, uh, be on the lookout for uh, VMware's checkbook potential coming your way. Second one on the list is, and this is something that it is crazy in 2019 that it feels like it literally got no attention this week. We're paying it a little bit of attention, but this used to be an enormous announcement every year. So uh, Gartner published their 2019 Cloud Infrastructure Magic Quadrant. This used to be the IaaS Magic Quadrant. Uh, a number of years ago, it was 15, 16 different companies uh, over the last year or so. It's kind of whittled down to about six companies. So it is AWS, Azure, and Google. Uh, it is Oracle, IBM, and Alibaba now on the list. So just six companies that make the cloud infrastructure. And of course, this is public cloud infrastructure. Uh, so it came out, um, you know, as has been for the last eight, nine, 10 years, uh, AWS is in the lead, uh, in the lead by somewhat of a considerable amount still over Azure. Uh, but, you know, we're still starting to see some play between those. But they did have a very interesting section this year. Usually it's lots about capabilities, which they always include. But they did have some criticisms this year of all of the cloud providers. So we'll have the link in the show notes to the report. Um, and uh, But take a look at it. It's, uh, you know, some criticisms, I think, fair. Uh, Lydia Leung always does a great job with it. But uh, that is out this week. Last two things on our list are both Microsoft related. So uh, Microsoft, we talked last week about IBM winning a billion dollar or so deal with uh, AT&T 
sort of a partnership slash deal with AT&T around um, IBM uh, hosting some of the AT&T applications in the IBM cloud and then AT and, uh, IBM using AT&T's SDN network. Uh, this week, Microsoft was awarded a billion or multi-billion dollar cloud deal with AT&T. So AT&T is going to be moving their uh, their desktop usage, not desktop usage, but like Office 365 over to uh, over to Microsoft Azure. They're looking to run some of their applications over in the Azure cloud as well. So um, AT&T becoming a very, very big multi-cloud, hybrid cloud customer, making some partnership arrangements uh, with both IBM and this week Microsoft. So interesting to watch those deals come along. It'll be interesting to see uh, you know how the money flows on those things as well and how much that influences other things in the industry. And then the final one was Microsoft made a $1 billion investment into one of Elon Musk's company, OpenAI. And they are uh, sort of a partnership investment uh, going to be very focused on building new supercomputing types of technologies in the Azure cloud. So a lot of focus uh, on AI, allowing supercomputers in the Azure cloud and uh, you know big investment from Microsoft uh, into the OpenAI company. Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up the cloud news of the week. Uh, you know, Like we said, a couple of different things there, some acquisitions, some partnerships, and again, the, uh, the cloud magic quadrant, which just used to be an enormous Day and now it's just a footnote. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. We have a very, very interesting interview with our old friend, Stu Miniman. Uh, Stu had a chance to be out at the Amazon Mars event, not the AWS, but Amazon Mars event. So we're going to talk about what Mars meant uh, in terms of what went out of that event, but more importantly, you know, how does it signal some of the things that are going on with Amazon, the broader, and some of the interaction between Amazon, the broader parent company, and AWS, the technology arm of that, and how the two interact with each other. So look forward to our interview with Stu. Let's get to it. Today's show is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean offers the simplest, most developer-friendly cloud platform. It's optimized to make managing and scaling apps easy with an intuitive API, multiple storage options, integrated firewalls and load balancers, a new managed Kubernetes service, and much more. From predictable pricing to flexible configurations to world-class customer support, you'll get access to all the infrastructure services you need to grow your business. Plus, DigitalOcean's community provides over 2,000 tutorials to help you stay up to date on the latest open source software, languages, and frameworks. So to get started on DigitalOcean for free, with a free $50 credit, go to do.co slash cloudcast. That's do.co slash cloudcast. And we are back. It is good to be back with everybody this week. And this is... For those of you that have not listened to the show very long, we apologize. This is going to be a little bit of an old school sort of show. Uh, old school in the sense of everybody's on the show, and we're bringing back a guest who has been probably as long a time a friend uh, of the show as, as possible, but somebody who we've periodically had on, we've not had on enough. Aaron, first off, how are you, man? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, things have been going good. It is hot here yeah. in North Carolina. Um, heat wave kind of going through the entire country, but North Carolina in particular, man, it is just brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, uh, we're going to get probably, like I said, probably our, our oldest friend of the show, bring him back to the show. Uh, it's been way too long. Stu Miniman, welcome back to the show. Brian, it's uh, great to be back with you. And Aaron, uh, I, I feel blessed to have your presence here on the program with me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to make these appearances more often. We, we shall see how the rest of the year goes. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I see you plenty. But uh, just as, as Brian said, I've only been on the program a couple of times. And it's the first time all three of us have been on uh, your program together, even though I've had both of you together on uh, the Cube, my program. That is correct. So. Yeah. So for anybody, Stu, for anybody who, who doesn't know you and, and shame on you if they don't, uh, tell us about what you do on a regular day-to-day -day basis, both in written form and media form. 
Yeah, uh, thanks. So Stu Miniman, uh, I'm uh, a senior analyst. Uh, the, the research part of our business is called Wikibon. Uh, we have a video program called The Cube. So, uh, you know, Brian was actually uh, on the show the first time we ever had it back in 2010. Uh, was on the program a number of times and even worked for us for a year uh, throughout the span of it. So uh, I'm an analyst. I, my background is virtualization and networking. Uh, and these days, you know, I work on all sorts of cloudy stuff. Uh, and uh, with the, the video program, The Cube, I get to travel to way more conferences than anybody uh, would really like to. And, uh, but I get to talk to amazing people and uh, you know, share back with the community what we're doing. And we're all under this umbrella of what we call SiliconANGLE Media. Uh, so my, my co-CEOs, Dave Vellante and John Furrier, uh, do even more interviews than I do. Uh, and we put it out. You know, video is our primary focus, but you know, still do plenty of written word analysis, a uh, little bit of consulting here and there. And uh, yeah, I cover the whole enterprise tech space. And, and Stu, you, so you, yeah, as you mentioned, you go to way too many tech conferences at times, <laughs> it, it seems like. Um, but, and, and we should almost probably do a separate show about how not to get conference crud, because it seems like you're practically immune to it. I don't know if it's just you built up the immunities over the years or, or what, but it, we'll save that topic for another day. Like, yeah, I, I, I do always carry Airborne with me and take <laughs> it on the planes. And uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, there, there is a certain thing. Make sure you get enough sleep, uh, you know, eat while you can, charge your battery while you can, and and uh, Survive. Yeah, you, you do need to recover after these. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm actually on vacation this week, but happy nice. to chat with you nice. guys. So what? So what are some of the like? We're going to get into the the the, the core of why we we asked uh, you to be on this week. But what are some interesting topics, trends, things you've seen over the last few months, or, or kind of the the front half of the year of conference season, if you will? Actually, um, actually, before you get into that, Stu, yeah. I, I want you to do something for the for the folks that may not have listened for long enough. Tell folks what, what the one thing you did for this podcast, which was probably the most important thing that ever happened think we were on this podcast. Talk about that. I didn't think we were going to talk about that. We're going to go yeah. there. Right, here so, we go. So, so right. When, when Brian, you'd called me up and said, hey, Aaron and I are doing this podcast. I've actually known Aaron longer than I've known you, Brian, back from my EMC days when we worked on the pre-VBlock stuff. So I worked with you, Brian, on VBlock stuff, but Aaron was working on the pre-VBlock stuff back uh, when he was a channel partner. Um, and you're like, I'm like, cool, what's it going to be? Uh, I think we're doing networking, but we might do a little cloud. And we've got this, you know, great joke, uh, you know, of a, a thing. We were talking about all these networks coming together. And you said, we're going to call it uh, Two Guys, One Wire. And I was like, uh, Brian, that's an awful, awful idea. Change it immediately. And you're like, I don't understand why. And I'm like, well... Let's just say there's this thing on this internet that sounds a little bit like this, and uh, it, it's it's pretty bad. So call Anil Akani up, and if he has the exact same reaction as me, change the name. And of course, Anil had the exact same reaction as me. Uh, we're familiar with the South Park episode that uh, focused on uh, you know that internet video, and uh, luckily the Cloudcast, I think you know much better uh, name for you and set you up for the trajectory of where you were going, as opposed to uh, you know we're all yeah. networking guys as background. But uh, yeah, that was a sure, sure. Lesson, lesson learned. Don't, don't try and be cute. Exactly. We are. Or, it's, it's or just... either that or heavily search for things to make sure that you're not ending up on some awful meme. That's right. Name, name. <laughs> Computers 101, naming is hard. Yeah, talk, talk, talk to your teenagers and see if they go like, Dad, come on, that's awful. <laughs> you know? Yep. All right. So back to it. 
Yeah. Uh, so conferences, boy, uh, you know, it, it does for me, it, it gets to a little bit of a blur. Um, you know, the last couple of years, uh, you know, all things Amazon have been very much consuming as, as uh, both of you know, all too well. So when, when I get a chance to go to an Amazon show, it's, you know, usually pretty good. Last year, one of my favorite shows was the Amazon public sector show, getting to talk to all the government nonprofit education space, um, really deep in that vertical. Uh, I, you know, uh, I'll be at the Amazon New York City Summit and, you know, of course, reinvent the mega one, but reinvent's gotten so big that these kind of regional and specialized shows have been nice. Uh, my preference always is if I can go to smaller shows, I love it. Of course, most times when we're doing our video production, it does tend to be the bigger ones. We do do some shows where it's only a few hundred people, uh, but oftentimes it's thousands, if not tens of thousands of people there. Um, but, you know, the small show where you can actually interact with uh, not just high quality attendees, but some of the speakers and the like are the ones that I like. Um, and, you know, big themes this year are kind of a lot of the same, you know, the, the growing uh, what's happening in cloud, how multi-cloud is really starting to come into focus. You know, everybody had gotten super excited for a bunch of years talking about Azure Stack. And Azure Stack for Microsoft was kind of, you know, their, their first iteration, and they've been making changes to that. They just made an announcement on, like, Azure Stack HCI. But, you know, everybody got all excited when Amazon came out with their uh, outpost now. And, you know, how does that VMware and Amazon relationship has been uh, a big topic of conversation uh, for the last year or two. So, you know, those are some of the big things we've been kind of teasing in, you know, what really is this hybrid and multi-cloud space? Is it just least common denominator cloud? Uh, you know, many of the things, you know, you know, we've all been talking for years. It's, uh, you know, where did that, you know, old PaaS layer go uh, through to, you know, how am I managing my infrastructure? How am I managing my applications that sit on top of things? So um, in, in many ways, it's, it's just continuation of what we've been talking about. But, you know, key themes have been bubbling up like multi-cloud, as we said, and security, which uh, they just had a big uh, Amazon held the first cloud security show uh, up in my backyard of Boston. Uh, I didn't personally go, but the team was there uh, and uh, had some really good content there from what I'm told. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's talk about some of these these newer shows that are out there. You had a chance a couple of weeks ago to attend this event. So Jeff Bezos, obviously, folks know him from Amazon, but also involved in a lot of things. He's been hosting this show called Mars for a little while, and they're now calling they're now having an event called Amazon Mars. So help it's us. It's actually Remars. 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 Because everything is re something exactly. It's a yeah. That, as, um, as, as Corey Quinn likes to say, that's an example of trying to be cute, right? <clears throat> well, it's like Corey Quinn likes to say. Everything now with uh, Amazon is like a, an email uh, forward uh, title. <laughs> so what? Uh, so yeah. what is this stuff? Why does why has it become a Bezos conference to an Amazon conference? Yeah, and uh, first of all, uh, right when when we heard there was a conference about like space robotics machine learning uh, and automation, I jumped at it. So actually, it was one of the few times that I will go to a conference uh, that uh, number one was in Vegas, and number two, we weren't doing our videos. So really, I was there for an editorial purpose to learn, uh, to go to sessions. I actually went to like six or seven sessions, which are more than I usually do in a year, um, learn a lot, talk to people. Uh, I wrote up an, uh, kind of my, uh, my findings from it, and it was fascinating. It was a little bit weird because, you know, if you put those topics together, and you say, oh, 
okay, yeah, I can understand how everything goes together. Amazon uh, really talked about it that, you know, AI and ML is the underpinning for everything these days. And, you know, if you look at that space, I understand how it fits into automation and robotics and even into space. Uh, But it was kind of an eclectic mix and a little bit disjointed from a content standpoint, because as they said themselves, uh, the number one goal for the show was for Amazon, not AWS, but Amazon to show a little bit underneath the covers of what happens inside the fulfillment centers and what they're using from a technology standpoint. I found very similar to what we've seen uh, for the last you know six, seven years at Amazon reInvent uh, for the, the, the big AWS show. So it was really interesting and eclectic. Uh, it was about two to 3,000 people. It was the ARIA, which is a really nice venue. Um, and the attendees of the event were you know really, really good. So it was invite only. They brought in a whole bunch of celebrities. Uh, you know, first of all, the, you know the keynote speakers. It was just, uh, it, it, you go through like 10 keynote speakers and every single one of them could have been a main keynote at, you know, a sizable conference. Uh, and it was just really good presentations, you know, capped off from, you know, Robert Downey Jr. on the end of the opening night uh, talking about how, you know, he's going to save the environment with, uh, you know, robotics and, and, and the like. So uh, he might not be Iron Man anymore, but uh, he's still trying to save the planet. So, yeah, fascinating content, amazing people, you know. So uh, when I'm riding the bus to uh, the Las Vegas Speedway, uh, the guy sitting next to me, I'm like, oh, hey, what brings you here? He's like, uh, he's like, oh, I'm the you know, co-founder of this 3D printing company where we print metal and we're printing rockets. Uh, and it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Tell me all about that. So I totally geeked out uh, and, and did love the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, was quite amazing. Well, so – that's that that sounds amazing. And so let let me step back for a second though. And so Mars, it's you know, it, it stands for machine learning, automation, robotics, and space. And as you mentioned, some of that stuff, especially the machine learning automation, kind of goes to their I'll, I'll say core platform, if you will, the fulfillment centers and whatnot. And of course, you know, obviously the the super fringy stuff going to space, right? And so because you have this core to fringe. And it's a small conference all at the same time. Who are who typically would attend these things other than enthusiasts? Like, are, are we in the, the the super early adopter stage? Tell me a little bit about like who goes and who's interested in in the conversations. Yeah, so great, great question, Aaron. Uh, what it actually reminded me of is you know, early on in a lot of the shows that we've gone to over the years. So you know, the Kubernetes show, the OpenStack, and things like that. Uh, the primary attendees here were the builders. So these are the ones that, uh, you know, uh, they had all the universities there with their projects. They had uh, startups that were getting funded to be in this space uh, and, you know, people that were looking to grow in this space. So I actually felt that I, as kind of an enthusiast watcher, um, you know, was was a little bit more of the exception rather than the rule. Now, there were some of the people that we know in the space. So uh, some of the folks that I normally would see at serverless conf, like uh, Ben Kehoe from iRobot or, you know, Ryan Cronenberg from uh, A-Cloud Guru were there. But, you know, walking around the show, it was a slice of it was the AWS people that are familiar with the solutions that are used there, like, you know, recognition and Lex and Poly and some of the uh, Alexis pieces under it. But a lot of these people were, you know, researchers or people in industry that are working on these technologies. Um, You know, 
I, I've got a little bit of background in some of the space stuff. I studied mechanical engineering, but I was really impressed as to how they weren't talking about science fiction. They were talking about what we're doing today and the latest in satellites and how, uh, you know, one presentation I went to, they said, you know, we're going to have, uh, you know, gigabit Ethernet from satellite and it's going to be rock solid. And they've got this three tiered layer and they showed all of these pieces. And it was like, OK, cool. When we talk about the, the network of, and edge computing, uh, not only is it that network layer up in space, but it's even going to be able to do processing. So all of the imaging that I can get from the satellites, uh, it's got the compute and storage uh, kind of like the snowball edge up there in space. So it could actually process that and then just share the information that it needs. So um, it was one thing that, you know, I, I'd say is all of this wasn't very much future. It was we're doing this today. Here's the latest drones. Here's the latest robots. Here's all the things we're doing like right now. And, you know, you can either buy them or, you know, ha have them available later this year. Uh, so that, that was pretty impressive. So a lot of people kind of joked a little bit when, uh, when Am well, at it, the AWS event, they announced this thing called ground station, which was, Hey, we will manage your, your ground stations for, uh, for your satellite things. Did you, you know, at the time, people were like, who in the world needs that? And why are we talking about that in AWS? Did you get the sense that there is a, a community of people out there that is, that is now very excited uh, that Amazon's going to basically do for, for space what they've done for IT? Yeah, it's it, it's Brian. I had the exact same uh, reaction as you did. I actually got to interview Randall Hunt, who's uh, with AWS. He, he's one of the people that goes around and speaks at a lot of shows, uh, and he's former NASA. So I'd interviewed him back in January at a. a regional show up here in New England. And it was like, come on, you're making space easy. But there are certain applications where I, I'd like to be able to, you know, leverage this technology and turnkey it. You know, we've seen how excited everybody is uh, with, with not just what Bezos' Blue Origin's doing, um, but you talk about SpaceX and what's happening with lowering the price of launching these rocket, the, the, the rockets and therefore all the satellites that go with them. Uh, so uh, one of the big asks that they actually had at the show is, you know, if you want to work in the space industry or if you have an idea for that next billion dollar uh, space company. Uh, you know, they were looking for everybody to dig in um, because, you know, they feel that we are, you know, really close to be able to start launching all of these new industries because we can, one, you know, get up, get things up into space at a lower price point. And number two, they're actually not that far off being, from being able to leverage resources in space. So um, it was a thing. I, I, I'm a little curious as to how this works, but uh, they actually want to, uh, you know, not, you know, go do the, you know, fly off to an asteroid, but harvest resources from the moon. Now that they found ice on the South Pole and there's lots of minerals there, can they start mining it? Uh, I'm a little concerned as to that we're going to have another battle over resources between countries. Uh, and, you know, how much resources are we going to suck dry from the moon uh, after we've been just doing it here on Earth? But uh, fascinating to talk about. And from the people I talked to at the show, uh, it is, you know, the near future for a lot of this stuff to happen. Yeah, that makes sense. And so let me kind of dig in a little bit more on when you're talking more about the the, the concept of the ideas and some of these ideas are, are you know, pretty fringy at times, right? Uh, when we looked at the agenda, a number of the sessions were VC related, if you will, venture capital. And, and so do you see this event being a little bit 
less like a normal tech event and more like the blur continual blurring of tech and VC. And because obviously some of these things we're talking about uh, require pretty significant levels of funding. Um, yeah, I actually, I did attend one of the VC sessions and, uh, it was a little bit more lightweight, uh, than some of the other sessions where they had, you know, the, the scientists, the engineer digging in on it. Um, but, uh, it, it's not something that I've seen at many shows, the VCs, uh, presenting. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it overall was not like there were more VCs there than I see at Amazon reInvent. It's just uh, since there is a bit of nascency uh, in this market, uh, they're looking out there. And mostly I think they were presenting because a lot of the attendees there were startups and people that had ideas and therefore they were looking to add to their portfolios. So um yeah, it, it's uh, I, I I don't know how much it's blurring the lines there, but uh, you know, absolutely, there's a lot of investment. I know something that that you look at often is you know where is the investment? There, there's plenty of shows we go to where uh, it's like you know, okay, why why is there so much VC funding, or why isn't there a lot of VC funding? Um, and this area definitely has uh, you know VC funding in spades. So, yeah. so the v, the VCs were pitching to uh, <laughs> to get investors or to get people to invest in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, you know, there's lots of people I talk to there that you know, right? Either they were going to be looking for funding, or you know, might make sense for them to go be uh, an entrepreneur in residency at a, at a VC if they weren't quite ready to work at one of these other companies. Yeah, well, and I and I think part of it is we're we're seeing more and more that. As, as Amazon wants to get into more businesses, we're seeing them, you know, there is there is Amazon, like what we think of as the fulfiller, there's AWS, but there's, you know, obviously there's Amazon sort of investment. I, I think people are kind of realizing that as more businesses kind of get centered around AWS or, you know, different parts of Amazon, like they're going to shorten the cycles between figuring out, you know, where to invest, you know, how, is a business growing? Is there a viable, you know, is there market fit and so forth? So... Like Amazon is doing a very interesting thing in terms of going, we're going to try and shorten the cycles here. If you want to continue to participate, you're going to potentially have to do it on on our turf to, to be yeah. around the conversations. No, Brian, Brian, you're totally right. And one of the things that I was looking for is most people, uh, when you talk about Amazon and you talk about AWS, they think of them as two separate companies. And there's even been, you know, discussion, should they break up? And boy, in the political space, you know, the big companies should all be split up. Um, but it was really clear if you attended the show that, Amazon and Amazon Web Services are the same company. Uh, you know, every time if you dig under the covers as to what Amazon's doing, there's a whole lot of AWS services underneath them. And absolutely, the AWS people are leveraging what is learned from the scale of what Amazon is doing. You know, the, the, the robotics, the fulfillment center, everything else that's going on there. And for those of us that are Prime members, which <laughs> I'm sure most of your audience is, it's been fascinating for me to watch that, you know, th there used to be the argument of like, ah, uh, you know, okay, I order Amazon Prime and do I I actually get it in the two days like they promised. But the last couple of months, most of the time when I'm ordering, it's the option is, oh, actually, it's next day for free. And if you order $35 of qualifying stuff, you'll actually get it same day. And I live in, you know, uh, 26 miles outside of Boston. I'm not in one of those areas where you can get stuff delivered in an hour or so, but I've had stuff delivered pretty flat fast. Heck, even when I was in Vegas, 
Um, I hadn't realized how hot it was going to be and needed a pair of shorts. And rather than, you know, go pay $100 down at the gift shop, it was like, oh, wait, I don't need them for two days. I ordered it off Amazon and had them delivered in plenty of time uh, so that I could go uh, attend the raceway uh, event at the end of the show. So, you know, what, what you heard from the Amazon people is their driving goal is to get stuff to you faster and cheaper. And there, when I, I talked to the head of robotics and it was, he said, people always ask me what robots are going to look like in the future in five years. And he said, I have no idea. But I do know that if I keep delivering things faster and cheaper, uh, that's going to help our business. And that's just the, the, the constant driver on their side. And we do see it trickling and delivering back to the end users for Amazon. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah so. it's sort of uh, the, 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 the analogy I think you get is when, when that's your when that's your driving motivation, you know, you you make concessions or decisions about other things. Like, you know, the other day we got some box from Amazon and it was, you know, think of it, the, the, the contents of it on the inside was probably about as big as a box you would get for like an iPhone. But the box that it came in was about, you know, 24 inches by 18 inches. And my, you know, my daughter's immediate thing was like, well, wait a minute, why, why is that little thing in that big giant box? And I kind of had to explain to her, well, you know, there are some other mechanisms for how they pack and so on and so forth. But, you know, making the the box experience the smallest possible wasn't the focus it was how do we get them in the box fast and all those other things like that yeah yeah <laughs> hey Stu. so let me ask you this so you you we kind of mentioned it briefly at the the beginning um and maybe we'll kind of close out on this to to bring it back to the 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 mars show specifically do you see now because reinvent um let, i mean let's be really honest reinvent has gone from the the show of the year that probably everyone you know should go to but now because of that everyone is there and it is borderline painful now because of how many people are there um and we're starting to see this disaggregation of the shows if you will we've got you know the mars show we've got the the security what was it re reinforce maybe yeah. yeah and and then you've got the regional summits if you will now do you think that this is going to be a trend into okay, because it is at times different audiences, almost into specialty events and subcategories and regionals. Is this a trend that they're going to double down on? Um, so actually, what, what I think we see here is if, if you followed any of the big conference shows, uh, that you often had the main show and then you have a road show. And Amazon is just so big that they've ended up tiering things. Uh, you know, you've always had, you know, little, you know, special interest group, birds of a feather type events, usually either in a show or, oh, let's send a couple of execs and do something in a couple hours in a hotel. Amazon is just so big that they can spin off all of these small little shows. So I mentioned uh, the Amazon public sector show. Well, that's the big one in DC, but they actually do public sector events all around the world. And, they even have a special breakout just for the education subgroup of this. And Amazon can easily get hundreds, if not thousands of people on any of these. When I go to one of the regional summits, the New York City summit is, you know, 12, 15,000 people. The, you know, London summit's even bigger than that. Uh, I hear the one in Australia um, is massive, like somewhere around, you know, 20, 25,000. Uh, so Amazon is just so big that the typical main show and then a bunch of small things is now getting into main shows, regional shows, and then e even smaller ones underneath. So I don't know if it's a general trend, but 
you know, Amazon does kind of set the bar for where a lot of these things are going. Um, the question on like reinforce uh, specifically is, you know, they position this as the cloud security show. It is a shot across the bow at RSA conference, which has been, you know, the show for security for as long as I can remember. Um, now, I, I want to dig in and talk to the people that were there because it was a little disheartening. And I talked to friends of mine that are deep in the security space and they went to RSA conference. They came back and they're like, oh my God, Stu, it is nothing but doom and gloom. <laughs> we are all screwed. Ransomware is going to take us everywhere. There is no way to secure anything. You know, we might as well just, you know, it doesn't matter if you throw a billion dollars at this there's no way to be secure and of course you know a, a big blocker for cloud for many years but now a driver for cloud many times is security so you know was reinforce just amazon are some of the other cloud players going to get involved um you know where, where can the cloud industry change that dialogue uh for security so it is interesting uh but uh yeah it's uh i i i think there's always been specialty events um but uh i think amazon just supercharges all of these environments and to their credit uh you know they do a good job at events you know yes reinvent is uh but aaron i have to disagree not borderline painful it absolutely is painful um, <laughs> i was trying to be nice yeah, no, no, but, but, but what i'd say is when it got you know about two years ago when it sprawled out to like seven or eight places the first year it was just awful but they learned and it reached the point, oh, okay, hey, you can actually stay in one building and not be like, I need to go to two or three buildings in one day because they would repeat every session, not just repeat it two or three times, but repeat it in different buildings so that you could generally stay in one place. Now, I'm usually lucky when I go, I can kind of go to the keynote. And if it's that, that's in the building I'm in, that's great. If not, I can just, you know, watch it, you know, on one of the big streams somewhere. And then I just go to our video location and I'm there all day as opposed to, you know, trying to get into a session. Did I pre-register? Did I go through that whole process? So Amazon doesn't necessarily get it right the first time, but they do listen and learn and iterate really, really fast. And that's one of the things I've been most impressed about them as a company is, you know, if there's something that you poke at them and you say, oh, well, this is the fatal flaw in what AWS is doing. I was like, well, you've got to understand that if we're saying that they're listening and they're probably working on it. And if they, you know, if, if you don't think that they're going to overcome this in the next six or 12 months, you haven't been watching them. Uh, you know, it used to be, you know, that security SLA was something that people were concerned about. And, uh, you know, if you look at what's happening with the whole, uh, you know, Jedi contract, uh, you know, the latest update is, you know, it sure looks like Amazon's winning that. Uh, so if it's if good enough for the federal government as, you know, the primary supplier, uh, most people are going to pay attention and listen. Yeah, yeah. I, I think your point, uh, it was interesting, your point about the security, kind of the, the RSA folks being all doom and gloom and, and everything's terrible. I One of the headlines I actually got as a uh, kind of a highlight of the of the re was it the yeah the re uh, enforced conference was basically one of the key themes from Amazon was you know don't be so doom and gloomy about this don't don't be so sad about it and so forth and it's it's interesting in the context of when reinvent got started reinvent was essentially you know for essentially like shadow IT it was saying hey if you think IT sucks if you hate your IT group you know we're here to be you know, kind of your better IT group, essentially, they're doing the same thing in the security industry. They're saying, hey, if, you know, if your belief is security sucks, it's impossible, you know, come over here. We, we don't think it necessarily sucks and is impossible. So, you know, certain things kind of repeat themselves if you if you pay close enough attention. Um, hey, I'm going to I'm going to kind of wrap it up with that. Uh, Aaron, I think, you know, I, I think that my biggest takeaway from this is, um, 
Amazon is basically giving us a blueprint for how to spin off uh, the Cloudcast. So we're now going to have Cloudcast. We're going to have Cloudcast Security. We're going to have Cloudcast Mars. We're going to have Cloudcast Government. Um, We're going to probably end up having, what, 10, 12 shows a week to be able to keep up with all the variations. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Hey, Stu, any last comments uh, on on Mars or anything else that kind of really jumped out at you before we close it up? Yeah. So so one one last comment that I I think you guys would appreciate and uh, the audience might too. So, uh, you know, I mentioned they had some great celebrities there. I happen to be in the right place at the right time, actually, to get a selfie with Magic Johnson. That was pretty cool. Uh, Shaq was there. I, did, I saw him from remote, but I actually got to say hi for a quick second to Adam Savage of Mythbusters. Uh, he's got a new book that came out and he gave a session. Uh, so, you know, I don't know about you both, but, you know, I love watching Mythbusters with my family. Uh, you know, t- talk about people that geek out on science, but the, just a story that he said is that, you know, Adam and Jamie, when they started this, you know, they were just hackers. They were trying this stuff. He's like, we're not really educated. We don't really know this. But they would go talk to, you know, as he would say, you know, real scientists and people doing all this stuff. And they were like, and they treated us as peers. And it took us a long time to get over like, oh, my God, no, 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 you're the real people. And we're just kind of storytellers and, you know, doing some entertainment stuff for TV. So, uh, you know, I, when I when I watch what you've done on the Cloudcast and the people you've talked to, you know, you've always had some great people. But, you know, you started this to learn and I've, I've enjoyed going on the ride with it. But, you know, to, to hear somebody like Adam Savage, who did this for years, um, and he said, you know, in many ways, he's like, I'm still don't know what I'm doing, just hacking around and playing with this stuff. He just has this curiosity. <laughs> Curiosity, and he loves playing with this stuff and therefore he learns and he did these TV shows. But, you know, there's so many of us that learn from that. So it, it just really resonated with me as someone that, you know, I've gotten to speak and meet with amazing people, you know, initially through when I was a blogger and doing social media and now doing video um, and still feel blessed to be able to, you know, talk and meet with so many people in the industry and, and share the experiences. So just for the audience out there, you know, we all started out, uh, you know, uh, just as some people in the industry with some curiosity and talk to people and share. So, you know, if it's if it's good enough for Adam Savage, uh, you know, it's it, that the rest of us could really learn from that. So it was just inspiring. Excellent stuff. Well, Stu, it has been uh, too long from having you on the on the Cloudcast. Obviously, we see you lots and lots out and about, but uh, we need to make sure that we don't uh, make this uh, you know a two three year event. We need to get you back on more often. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for uh, the insight as always, and uh, hopefully, we get to see you out in person here very very soon. Yeah, Aaron and Brian. Hope we can grab breakfast at Mel's uh, one of these days soon. And thanks <clears> for having me on again. Absolutely. Well, folks, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for. Stu and for Aaron and for everybody for listening, for telling a friend, for rating it on iTunes. And with that, we're going to wrap it up and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 